Aloha game day. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a second. He's come in very hot and that was not even rehearsed. No, it wasn't. I've had a little idea recently that I was thinking about saying hello game day in a different language every week. So I thought I'd just come off the cuff with a bit of Hawaiian this week and give us the old aloha. Out of no, I'm aloha happy with game it. Day. Um, welcome everybody to episode number eight. We're very happy to be here. We've got Jaden Hunt joining us for the second half of the show and it was an absolute pisser. I cannot wait for everyone to see this, but as usual, I'm the moose. I am the punch. And EJ's up in this bitch as he normally is. He's wearing a bit more of a, I'd say a bit of like a feminine type kit today, uh, a bit of hot pink going on. How would you describe it, EJ? Well, it's, uh, it's pretty basic. Pretty basic. He, he's not a basic man, but the, but the kid's a bit basic if, today. If I could paint a picture, it's got the painting pants. He's got the white with a few stains on it and your salmon kind of fleecy kind of jumper. So he's looking very schmick, the big boy. So what do we got this episode, Moosey? Well, uh, as you said, Ethan's looking very schmick. Come in, gone bang, and we are into the clips. So this week, the GOAT is back, Paulie Roberts. And for those of you who have seen, we've played his pranks on the last two episodes and they are a pisser. I've been obsessed with them for weeks and he's come back with another one. I was begging Brown Cardigan to put them up again this week and the gods have smiled on me because he's got another one. And just for those of you who are just listening, Paulie's got Vegemite on his finger and he's asking his uncle to come and give him some toilet paper and he just may, as, may or may not give the uncle's finger a bit of a swab. So he gets a bit of a smear. Here's the clip. You got it? Yeah, yeah, you got it. That is gold. It never gets old. So obviously, as I was saying, I've been loving their work. The pranks are absolutely hilarious. He's such a character. To the point where I even reached out to Paulie this week and I said, mate, you're the goat. I love your work. And the boys have been good enough to send us in a uh, a little shout out for the podcast. And his uncle has given us a review. He's given, he, us, he's given us a bit of feedback and we get a bit over the last couple of months and I think this is some really good feedback that we can receive uh, the big boy. Yeah, and look, any of the feedback that we can receive is, 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 uh, is welcome. So here we go. This is what he has to say about it. Hello, game day. I'm Paulie Roberts and this is The Flopper. Shout out to the boys for posting our pranks and putting on a good listen. Uh, have you had a listen to the podcast? I've tried. <laughs> and... Are these cop fuckers for real? But I'd rather listen to Nickelback on repeat and have my cock fucked by Elton John. <laughs> Moose and Goose, are you for fucking real? <laughs> that is unbelievable by you, Moose, to get that footage. So, Mate, thank you so much to Paulie Roberts. You are an absolute legend, mate. We appreciate it. Please keep the videos coming as well because they make my week every time I feel... Uh, like a little bit down, I'm having a bad day. I'll put that on and it cheers me up. <laughs> so that is an absolute ripper. Well done again, Moosey Boy. Nickelback on repeat, he reckons. <laughs> Getting your cock fucked by Elton John is what really... That, that would not be pleasurable at all. Yeah, well... So <laughs> there's a fair bit in there. I've never been so happy to be called a cock fucker in my whole oh, life. Oh, absolutely. And we were happy. We said, don't hold any punches back. Give yeah. us your full steam. And they did. They, they didn't mix words, that's for sure. Now... Ponchi, get into our predictions. First of all, I want a recap of your golden rogie, your absolute certainty in your tips last week. Yes. So my golden rogie last week, I had North Melbourne to uh, win by under five points. Um, now, coming to the last quarter, 
North were down by about five goals. Didn't look likely. They've come storming home. Three, two minutes, about two and a half minutes to go. And they're about a goal down. Now, Ben Brown and Curtis Taylor happen to have an uncontested mark in between the middle of them. If you're Ben Brown and you've nearly won the Coleman three years in a row, you demand and rip that ball out of his hands and you go back and kick that goal. And for Curtis Taylor, you've got to know that he's a goal kicker. That's what he's in the team to do. Be selfless and let him kick it because if he kicks that and they kick the extra point, they would have won by a point, but they end up losing by four. So it's not so much about me losing my golden rogi. That's a point where you've got to figure out well, okay, who do we want having the set shot here? And Ben Brown should have taken that. So it was a bit... Yeah, no, bit Punchy's f- just salty about losing his golden rugby. So good on you, uh, Curtis. Well done, mate. And uh, so that's cost I'm me sure my you golden- missed, missed that for a reason. So that's cost <laughs> me my golden rugby and my tip that week against uh, Hawthorne, which was our only opposing tip. Keep giving them off, Ben. Um, but uh, positive was my dead set certainty. I had Port to win and they won by 48 points against West Coast. So in the clear for me, no punishments. My tips this week, I got five out of nine right. Um, there were a couple. There were four games this week that were under a goal, so I feel with that it can go either way. So I had two out of those four. Um, that's just the way it goes. So that was my round last week. My golden rogie was for Took Miller and Matt Rowe to combine for forty plus disposals and three goals. They combined for forty disposals exactly in two goals. So I was just off yeah. the mark again, um, and Gold Coast obviously win. I was really flat about that. But what I'm more flat about is the fact that the Richmond Tigers have put in a piss weak effort against St Kilda. Um, I had them as my dead set certainty and they've been run over the top uh, by the Saints. Saints look bloody good, by the way. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch that. I was watching the live score. Um, but mate, you've gone zero from three. We're still mustering up because we didn't expect so many certainties to come and lose this quickly. So we're mustering up. I've got a few ideas. So just be nervous, Moosey, because whatever it comes, it's either going to be painful or embarrassing or anything above. I'm really excited about it, to be honest, mate. <laughs> yeah, really excited for, to, to do another punishment and get hurt again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this week we have got an enormous round of football. Yeah, I think... Every this, single game, you just you can't pick yeah, it. Sort I, of flip it out, I think flip this, this week of footy is massive because you've got... I'm looking down the list. There's so many teams that are bunched near each other on the ladder. Um, and then, for instance, well, it's actually a bummer West Coast and Richmond weren't playing. That was the original first game. Um, so actually, I won't talk about that because it's pointless now, but that would have been two premiership sides of the last three years having a defining moment this season. So the first game I'll go to is Carlton versus St Kilda. I was, I've loved Carlton this year. They've just... They've, they've got a bit more about them. They're in games. If they play four quarters, they can play a good brand. I was going to pick them as my smoky, but I've decided to go for St. Kilda by 12 points. I think St. Kilda's form has just been too good to kind of go past. Right. Yeah, I actually I actually agree. I think that Carlton will probably come close. I think I'm being a bit generous with how close they'll come because for me, St. Kilda are really one of the big movers this year. And the way that they played on the weekend to beat Richmond was really impressive. Um, and they look really dangerous in the forward line. They're Dan Butler, Zach Jones, Brad Hill, all of these guys, Dan Hanabry, the guys that they've recruited are all leading the way, which yeah. is really, really a key point in why they're you know so much better and this I, year. I think a massive thing, um, Dan Butler uh, playing against his old team. I really like it when a player comes out against his old team and puts in a performance and he gets the best on ground. He got the medal. So that was another really impressive That he did. And he is another St. Paddy's boy. <laughs> you love the St. Paddy's boys. I'm very proud of my St. Paddy's boys. Uh, Collingwood versus Essendon. Who you got? Yeah, I have gone for Collingwood by 18 points. Um, they lost to GWS just last week. 
they are one of the form sides of the competition, I reckon. Um, I still haven't seen enough of Essendon to be convinced. Uh, we missed a game from them as well, so we've only seen them play three times. So I've said 18 points. I think that's roughly conservative, but yeah, yeah, that's where I'm sitting with that. Collingwood versus... Yeah, I reckon I'm going to go Collingwood, and this is my dead set certainty this week. Um, so Essendon are probably going to win. Uh, so no. I was going to say, what you're telling me is Essendon are definitely going to win. So punters, <laughs> go down to the TV, get it sorted. No. Uh, so I reckon Collingwood are just too strong. For me, when I look at Collingwood this year, they haven't done themselves justice yet at all. When I was looking at their two side that they had in the other week, Trelaw... Varco, Josh Thomas, uh, Mason Cox was in there the other week. Like they have Braden Sire. They've got a bunch of blokes, probably about five blokes at least, who are probably in every single other 22 in the AFL. Um, another massive thing and a reason why I went for Collingwood is I'm pretty much banking on the fact that Zach Merritt's probably going to be out uh, this week through. Did you see what happened with him and Silvani? No, I didn't. So Silvani kicked it along the wing. Merritt's come in for like a late kind of push, but hit. And it looked innocuous, like nothing happened. He went off with bruised ribs and a bruised lung and he went to hospital. So Zach Merritt's been given a one-match suspension. Um, and for a I, bump? No, for a, a late swing. Oh. So he swung his arm, like a late push, but he swung with a clenched fist. A punch kind of thing. Yeah, so I think, unfortunately for Zachy, we love him. Uh, I think he's going to get the one week and that's really going to hurt Essendon because that's their best yeah. player. Well, I've gone Collingwood as my dead to certainty by 25 points. Uh, West Coast versus Sydney. So I have gone the Swannies by 18 points. Um, two teams that I'm not really convinced with. Uh, Tom Papley kept them any sort of hope last week in sort of winning the game against the Dogs. And they could have done it if they were a bit straighter. For me, West Coast are in a rut. They are in a serious rut and they're in a hub. There's no excitement. They've been losing their games by 30 points the last three games minimum. So I just think like unless the, they have to pull something out here for them to get back on the winning streak... Um, but because they haven't shown me that, I'm going for Sydney by yep. 18. And I'm going for West Coast by 13 points. The only reason I think is that, you know, as we were listening to the commentators last when, I was, when they were playing on the weekend, they need to click into gear soon. And I think that there probably will be that penny drop moment for them soon where they realize, mm -hmm. oh shit, we've lost three on the trot here. It's time to get back on the winner's list. Uh, you know, guys like Elliot Yo and... Like they, they really need to start really crashing in and, and making an impact. Josh, yeah. Josh Kennedy kicked a few on the weekend, but I think the West Coast will pull it back. I just, yeah, I think with that, like you look at Richmond and, and West Coast are in the same boat, but Richmond, you look like they've got a bit of hunger, a bit of fire. West Coast, to me, they look flat, like nothing's happening. So that's why I've gone there. Yeah. Uh, Geelong versus Gold Coast. I have gone the Suns. Yep. Uh, they're a smoky. I've picked them as one of my smokies this week. I've picked them by 10 points. Uh, the Cats have been playing good footy. But I do think that um, the way that the Suns have been going about it, they just have this edge about them, and their their ball movements have been way more exciting. Uh, way more exciting, you know. They've um, they move the ball really quickly, and against Fremantle, when they were both tied in the third quarter, um, going into the last, Fremantle did not look likely to score at all, and Suns just looked so well, and they obviously set up very well um, defensively. Uh, it's a big ask down there, but I am tipping them this week as a right, smoky. Right. I'm going for Geelong, and I'm going for Geelong by one point. I wow. think it's going to be a thriller down yeah. there, GMHBA. thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is this young blood of the Gold Coast midfield, Matt Rowell, Tuke Miller, and the likes, going up against your Dangerfield, Selwoods, and, and what have you. I think the last few weeks, they've gone up against like some of the weaker midfields in the competition, and they've managed to dominate them. And now we're going to see them up against tried and tested champions of the game. And I am pumped. Admittedly as well, on the ladder, the last three teams they've played are sitting 17th, 18th and 16th. So there hasn't been, you know, you could say that that's 
they're versing bad teams, but they could have also been putting them there as well. So this will be a very testing game for them. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Bulldogs versus North. I have gone for North Melbourne. Once again, a bit of a smoky. Uh, the Bulldogs have played good football. But for me, North have been in every single game. Uh, and if they get off to a good start, they have been charging late. So I'm really liking what North have been doing. Once again, they're a hard brand footy. I think they're moving the ball very well. Uh, I've gone smoky for North by a goal, so six points. I've gone for North by five points. So very similar to you, actually. Well, I, I actually don't think that they're that much of a smoky. I think they've been playing good enough footy to suggest that they will probably beat the dogs. Mm. I mean, the doggies have been winning and winning much more convincingly, but I think in terms of like... You know, stylistically, I think it's going to be a pretty sort of even match, but I think that North will just will just edge them out. Yeah, I don't just think with that, I haven't seen North really put a team to the sword. And I think Bulldogs might have done that against GWS. Yeah. So that's where I kind of feel they're not as strong, but yeah. We will see. Uh, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide. So this one I've done the simple, nuffy uh, football maths with. Port and Lions have both been versing similar teams the last three weeks. And every single time, Port has knocked off that team by about... 20 to 25 points more. Um, they're such an informed team. I'm going for Port Adelaide by 24 points uh, against the Lions, as simple as that. Yep. No, I can I can definitely understand that. And Port are the exciting, informed team of the competition at the moment. There's no doubt about that. But I think that the Lions will probably be too strong at home. I think that their form is really good at home and they just they just seem to be so cohesive as a team at the moment. All of their elements seem to be ticking. So I'm going Lions by 21 points. Wow, that is a big sway between us. That's a 40-point sway, 45-point sway. So we'll see how we go with that. Yep. Uh, so next game is Adelaide versus Fremantle. Yep. Bottom of the tables, Clash 17 v 18. I think that unfortunately for Adelaide, they're, they're in a rut this year. Um, they've lost a lot of their games by 40 points or more. Fremantle, for me, have been very stiff not to have a win. They were very good against Suns. They've been very good against Brisbane. They lost by 12 and 13 points. Um, this is my certainty this week that I've picked. And I think Fremantle should get the job done by 24 points. Regardless of Nat Fife probably being out for a month with his hamstring, I still reckon that Fremantle have been showing a lot of good form and Adelaide haven't shown really anything. Yeah, I can completely understand that. But you know me, I'm a sucker for a team pulling themselves out, out of, of a, a ditch. Yeah. And I think that Adelaide are in that ditch at the moment, but this is the perfect opportunity for them to get a win on the board against another struggling team whose fearless leader, the supreme leader, Nat Fife, is out. And he yeah. is massive for them. So I think that the Crows will bounce back and get a win here. And then I think that I'll be putting you to the sword with a decent punishment. Massive. So I just think with that once again, if Fremantle had had a win... I'd be a bit more reluctant, but they're both not sitting on a win. So someone needs it. And I think Fremantle deserve it more, but it is what it is. Last one. No, we got two no sorry, two more. Two more. Melbourne versus Richmond. Yeah. And before we get into this, luckily when we interviewed Hunty, he actually told us there was a fixture change. So we would have actually been a bit off with our tips. So hopefully the fixture does stay like this. But for now, we have got Melbourne versus Richmond. Uh, they're 15th v 14th. Tigers need to respond. They're... They've got it in them, and I think Melbourne haven't really shown enough yet to show that they've got enough fire. So Richmond by 18, I think they'll respond and they'll show why they were last year's premiers. I've actually gone Melbourne. 
huge. Yeah, yeah. I re- I'd, I've gone Melbourne by 19 points. Uh, and the reason that I've gone them is because I think that Richmond are vulnerable at the moment. And I think that they're letting these teams run over the top of them. So if there's a bit of Melbourne momentum, uh, I think they'll be able to look at the last few games and be really hopeful of that and be coming into this game thinking that they're going to get a win. So I think that the confidence will be probably with Melbourne, despite the both having losing yeah. records. But I think Melbourne will think that the Tigers are ripe for the picking here. Well, I just think that they they need they know they need to respond. Like Tigers desperately need to respond and get a win on the board. Um, and for me as well, I'm putting it out there. For and not until about around ten to twelve, I still reckon Tigers are the premiership team. I reckon once we get later on in the season, we can start seeing you know if they've really really dropped off, but. They get it done last year. They got it done the back end of the season. So they had early losses after the bye. They did not lose another game. And I think this could be a similar structure this year. They might start off slow, but they will come back. And I reckon they are the, they will be the team to beat this year. Massive. Uh, GWS versus Hawthorne. Interesting, yep. most interesting game of the round for me. Yeah, it is another tight one. And I, I have gone for GWS. I, geez, I, was, I went for a smoky against Hawthorne last week. They are really showing some good form. But GWS have also got a, a big scalp over Collingwood. So for me, I've just, I think GWS is probably, I don't know if they are the smoky or not. I think it's a pretty even game, but just by six points. Right. I've actually gone Hawthorne by 30 points. Wow. I'm really loving them over the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I think that they'll probably run over the top of the Giants. I think they'll be too strong for them. But this is my golden rogie. I've actually gone Wingard and Hawthorne to win, Wingard and Warple to combine for 40 plus. 40-plus disposals and two goals. That's a solid uh, golden rogie. Yeah, yeah. So I think that those guys will star. The Hawks will get up and quite convincingly beat the Giants. I'm looking forward to this round of footy. And my golden rogie as well this week, uh, looking at the fixture and who's playing who, I really believe that there will be four games that will be under a goal or less, a, a six points or less decided by. So it happened... So it happened. Your- that's my golden rugby. It four, happened four games. Yeah, it happened last week. There was four games that were actually under a goal or less. Um, the other weeks, so it's averaged out to be about two a week. But I honestly reckon, looking at this fixture, there's got to be four games that are within a, a goal. And with that, I think with tipping, if it's within a goal, it's you know, if you miss it by under a goal, it could have gone either way. But yeah, I'm very excited for this week's football. Absolutely, mate. All right, moving on now. I will give you, give me my sting. Oh, my sting. This is special. This is special. What caught Lucy's eye? Now, the thing that's caught my eye this week, it's a good thing, obviously, yep. uh, by judging by the sting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's caught my eye this week is that Brody Grundy has done a little video with the AFL about what he's been doing in his off time, in his off uh, time with COVID-19. He's been designing his whole backyard and pursuing that passion of design outside of football. Now, why I think this really resonated with me was because I think these days we see a lot of things in the media that are quite negative uh, about players, about what they're doing, but it's good to see someone doing something really positive and proactive. And he's bloody good at it. Like the designs, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but... No, I haven't. So talk us through exactly what you've kind of seen with this. So he's he's designing his backyard. It's like architecture type stuff. I wouldn't know the first thing about it, but no. he had before and after photos and it looks amazing what he's done. And he's got his plants in there, magnolia, which he takes a lot of pride in, but it's just good to see someone pursuing something outside of football. And I think that it's a good thing for other players to see. And yeah, just to you know pursue passions outside of footy. I think it resonates as well in your football because I think... 
if you if you positive and you're having a good time outside of football and things are really going for you, your energy's up and you're feeling good. And another person, not to take it away from what caught Mrs. Eye, Charlie Dixon's doing the same with his cars, and he's. I think he's leading the Coleman at the moment. He just seems like he's in a real good mindset. What's he doing? Um, so he, he's building a few cars. He's kind of, he got it from his dad. He's just getting into fixing them up. Now, I don't know the first thing about cars, but he's just getting into the mechanical side of things and restoring cars and really loving his time just yeah. out there by himself. And it just shows that he's come back fresh and he is playing good football. So. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool when you see that because as I said, there's a lot of negative depictions of players and their well-being. But when you see someone who's being really productive with their time, really proactive, it's very inspirational. And that really caught my eye this week. And one of the quotes that particularly caught my eye was he said he'd love to see everybody else sort of pursuing their passion. So he goes, when you wake up in the morning, what do you think about? What do you really look forward to doing? Do that and pursue that. And for me, that was a really sort of... uh, resonant quote and oh. yeah i think that a lot of people could take a lot from Brody grundy right now absolutely mate absolutely love that on a more humorous note yes we have got best on which we love all right <laughs> now this one for the airways uh i heard this one about 10 years ago we plucked this from youtube it's just one of the classic all-time sprays so i think a lot of people would have heard this one if you haven't it's an absolute laugh so let me click under this bad boy for you was it 70 points? We're up by half time. Granny, 70 points? Yeah. We've lost by three. Go and fuck yourself, fellas. <laughs> I'm not, I could rant and rave. I could rant and rave, but I realised today that I'm coaching a shit football team. Today, today's the day, not the day the teddy bears had their picnic, it was the day... It was the day that I realised I was coaching a bunch of blokes that aren't there. <laughs> Physically, I don't think we're there. Mentally, I don't think we're there. And it's doing my fucking head in! I put the fucking time in each way. I'll get Fano to do the videos. I'll get bananas. I'll get lollies. I'll get solo. Shove the fucking solo up your ass! <laughs> Seriously! Don't open the can, shove it up your fucking ass! I'm fucking sick of it! Each week, I put in till there's no more to fucking put. I put in and I'm sick of it! Ben Kilday, you've had 55 touches. Where's the fucking handball, you redhead cunt? So there it is, best on for this week. And Ponchi, you've, you've you've pulled out an absolute classic. Now I can actually dispute that that's a real spray because oh, I think the lack of background noise would suggest that there's no team. Otherwise, maybe maybe their tails are between their legs, but it kind of does sound like he's got his face in a phone and he's doing it. But it is absolutely. hilarious. No, I can absolutely confirm. Uh, you do hear later on in the clip. There's a few uh, laughs. I think it's uh, the boys on a mad Monday. Doing a bit of a funny clip. Um, so we absolutely love it. And my favorite line is, shove the fucking solo <laughs> up your ass. Don't even open it. And I, think- I love it when you guys go fuck yourself, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gold. We love our best on. Uh, moving on now, mate. We have got Jaden Hunt, who has been good enough to come and give us a chop out and come on the podcast. And boy, are we stoked about it. Give me your initial perceptions of it, mate. 
Mate, I, I loved it. He came on, he said he'd seen a few clips of the show, so he knew what he was in for, and he, yeah, he was just happy to be on, happy to have the stitch-ups, which we love. And, um, yeah, there's some few interesting things I think a lot of people would know about his career in terms of how he made it to the AFL, so I think it would be enlightening for some people who don't know that. Yeah, then this absolutely needs no more introduction because it was honestly such a good interview, and I hope you guys love it. Yeah, ready? Yeah. Excellent episode, boys. Well yeah, done. well done. Good intro. Like the best on today. It was pretty, pretty spicy. Actually, pretty jazzed up. Must pretty say. jazzed up. Yeah. So, um, we're gonna get into the interview. But before that, shameless plug. Follow us on our socials at Hello Game Day. Swipe right on us on Tinder. Follow us on Facebook. Send us an email if you feel so inclined. Okay, Cupid. Mm. Just anything. Bumble. Bumble. We're all look. We've got covered. We got we're all over hinge. All right, enjoy the, enjoy, the, enjoy the interview. All right, guys, we have Jaden Hunt here. He's a Brighton grammar boy from Melbourne. He got drafted pick 57 to the Ds, um, and now he's on the Hello Game Day show. So, mate, please give us a massive Hello Game Day. We bloody love it. Well done, so, like I said, there's a bit of high energy in that. And with this story coming through, you were 16 years old and apparently there was a bit of high energy down at Kids Face. So do you want to elaborate on this story, mate? Yeah, so me and a couple of friends, I think Fergo and George Oman, um, we never really grew up. So at 16 <laughs> years of age, I think it was a Saturday, most people go to parties and stuff, but we thought, let's go back to Kids Face. That place rocks. Anyway, we get there just being fools and stuff. Like the average age is about, I don't know, five years of age. And then there's yeah, us three. We get into the ball pit, all right? So we get, get a bit excited. We start throwing some balls at, balls at some kids. And yeah, unfortunately, we sort of target this one kid. It's, it's pretty bad. He's probably like six years of age, but he like falls, uh, gets really angry at us and like almost crying. And then we just like realize like, what are we doing? Like, we need to grow up here. This, this is not good. Yeah, so for so people yeah. who don't know what kids space is, it's literally like a foam playground for kids <laughs> five years below. So that was one to start us off. Now, another one that's been sent in, and obviously a lot of the Brighton Grammar Boys have given these stitch-ups. Um, you don't like to shower, mate. So give <laughs> us the mail on that. Yeah, so... I think it was discovered in year seven. I think the geography teacher did one of those like weekly water usage things. Anyway, like you, you, you say how much, how many times you flush a toilet, dishwasher, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the week, it's Friday. And he's just like, Oh, I've got a query here. Um, Jaden Hunt's only had one shower this week. And I was like, I was like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Like, I don't sweat or anything. And everyone like thought it was this big deal and stuff. But I don't know. I was, I was late to puberty. Like I didn't sweat. I was sort of a little kid still. So yeah, one shower a week I was going at. Changed now, luckily, but yeah, I was discovered. Late bloomer and a water saver. And <laughs> you've been stitched up by your teacher of all things. That's, that's what hurts the most. Yeah, it really does. Another question, mate, is uh, can you please tell us what you sleep on, what you rest your head on at night time when you go to sleep? Um, I don't know, a, t a temper mattress and pillow. <laughs> mattress and what? Oh, no, mattress and pillow. 
So apparently you cannot say pillow. That's what the uh, that's what the boys have been telling us. Yeah, I don't know. I've just always said pillow. Like <laughs> everyone goes at me for it. Oh no, it's it's spelled like pillow or something like that. But yeah, yeah that would really be right. And you alluded to before, mate, that uh, you were a bit of a late bloomer to puberty. Um, apparently, when you were in year 12, the boys reckon you still didn't have any pubes. Is there any, is there any truth to that? Oh, it's just about right, I reckon. I remember, I remember one day, I reckon it was probably, literally probably year 10 or year 11. I like, sprouted like maybe two or three and I was pumped. Like, I'm like, oh, here it is. Like, I can show the boys finally and I showed them and they're like, that, that isn't even it, Jaden. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I thought I'd finally grown some. And yeah, I, I copped it quite a lot. I used to, like, everyone used to say, like, oh, you don't have any. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And they're like, oh, show us then. And I'm like, nah, nah, that, that's disgusting, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, very, very late to puberty. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a late bloomer, mate. But now you're full of hair. You look like a, a surfer dude with your haircut at the moment. But... Apparently, the only thing that you've been surfing for is cheap bargains on the net on Wish. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I am. Wish is actually all right. Yeah, I've got a, got a few purchases there. I actually like ride a little Vespa around and um, my girlfriend sometimes pops on the back. So I bought a Vespa helmet um, off Wish for her. And one of the boys at my house accidentally just like knocked it off the table and it just broke in half. So, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I never actually use that. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently, you're uh, actually still rolling with an iPhone 4 and it's a second-hand one as well. Is there any truth to that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> another one of my weaknesses here. Um, I've never actually bought a new phone. I just buy a sec. When, like, a new mate gets one, the latest thing, I just always hit him up saying, like, what are you doing with the old one? Like, click it on. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I, I, just had I, a problem. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I just had a problem there. I kept on dropping phones in toilets. So I'm thinking, yeah, and just ruining them. So I'm thinking, what's the point of spending all this money if I'm just going to ruin it? Yeah, well, it would be a waste of money. Now, a fantastic story that we've heard is after the 2017 AFL Grand Final, you had a great night at the Emerson. Can you please run us through the events of that night? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, one of the boys had a Grand Final party and we ended up just kicking on to the Emerson and it was only like me and one mate, I think, ended up, it was pretty late. Anyway, we went to line up and then Dermot Brereton of all people just like goes, oh, hunting! Like, I've never really <laughs> met him, but he was blind. Like, just goes, oh, like, get in. So anyway, we get into the dance floor, like Juddy's there, all these guys, they're having a good time. Then anyway, we see this like upstairs bit and uh, me and my mate just like go up to the security guard and he ends up being a Melbourne fan, so it lets me up. But then what we don't realise is it's, it's all just Adelaide Crows players. They just lost the granny. And it's just them, their families. And I, like, had this moment of realisation. I'm like, oh, fuck, we should not be here. And my mate is, like, burgered, like, so drunk. He just starts smacking players on heads and stuff. And they've, they've just lost the granny. So we got out of there very quick. Is there any truth to you doing a chicken dance uh, at Riley night on the dance floor? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I will not deny that. I think yeah, is, we caught a lot of ruckus. And is there any chance of you giving us a little impersonation of what that might have looked like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have 
have no idea. I, I can do some weird dances, so I actually don't know what I pulled out that night. Yeah, well, well, we, you, we'll let you get away with that one. Uh, another story, and this is the last stitch up, so you can start breathing easy after this. Uh, another story, when you're on the cordials at Oktoberfest, mate, and you're with one of the other boys that I know, but apparently you've decided that you'd take your career of couples counselling uh, to fruition. And uh, a little story came from that. So do you want to take the story from here? Yeah, I think, yeah. Me and old Tommy Cameron had, had a good old time at Oktoberfest. Um, I think it was like at the end of the night, we're just walking, all the tents had shut, um, not much to do. So we thought we'd, uh, yeah, cause some ruckus. So we really like pretended like we were a really close couple and we were like really loving and stuff like that. So we just go around to strangers and like get them to sort of uh, try to get them to kiss and like talk it through it and really like get really emotional with them, like get them in a circle and say, why do you like, why do you like her? Like, what's so good about her? And these like couples that are so drunk and stuff would open up and some, some would take their time. So me and Tom would, would, would tell each other how much we love, love each other and we'd just make up absolute <laughs> rubbish. But yeah, we made, we made a few people cry and stuff just with the, all the emotions flowing. So it was very, very funny. Well, one story I actually heard from this is what I was alluding to is that there was a couple that were together for 10 years and you helped them, or at least the chick, have the realisation she didn't want to be with him anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think the guy, the guy said it to her and said this like real emotional thing. And then the girl just had absolute donuts and sort of had this self-realization that it, that he wasn't for her. So yeah, (laughs) we we ruined one there. The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. Very funny. (laughs) So that's what we're alluding to. That is absolute classic. So We'll get off the stitch-ups, mate. We'll talk a bit more serious footy. Now, we did a little bit of junior. We'll, uh, we came up against each other in juniors a bit and we went through the Sandy Dragons for a period. And a lot of people might not know that um, you were a bit of a smoky in the draft year. So you didn't get to be... Uh, you got to uh, Sandringham Dragons. You're about under 16s and you got cut. And then from there, you've actually made your pathway through the APS football. So... I was wondering with your under 18 year and your year 12 year at Brighton Grammar, kind of what happened in that year to kind of bring you back from the pack and get drafted, mate? Well, actually sort of alluded to before, it was really, I was really small um, from sort of like 15 to 17. Like I was just didn't grow much. And like I said, didn't really hit puberty till late, but (laughs) sort of uh, the end of year 11 grew some pews, but also grew height. Um, So I guess, yeah, my year 12 year, I just started, started playing. I was just like six inches taller. Um, with that, I got, got some more speed in the legs. So yeah, I just sort of hit year 12 and I had this new speed, this new sort of height, which just, yeah, helped everything, I guess. Yeah. And uh, were you obviously playing at a fullback because we, we played against each other in the year 12 round one game. Um, so you got drafted as a backman, but what point did you think you were actually going to get drafted throughout the year? Yeah, so it was, it's kind of a weird story. Like, I had absolutely no aspirations or anything for that. Um, it wasn't until after the APS season, um, I think it was right after our last game, I sort of coach at the time, Robert Shaw, just came up to me in the school library. And he's just like, you won't believe this, but I've just spoken to a few AFL clubs about you this morning. Like, they're interested. And I literally told him to fuck off. I'm like, yeah, right, mate. Like, it's a massive stitch up. Um, 
but then yeah he called me back he said nah this is serious like it's about I don't know what it was like six weeks of the draft he said like if you can do everything right from there there's a, there's a sneaky chance so yeah from then um there wasn't actually any more APS games because it's only a 10 game season so I actually had to ring up my local old Brighton team just to try to get a kick so I just rang up the under-19s and said, like, listen, like, I need to, need to get a couple of games. Recruiters need to see more of me. So I actually played a game down at Old Brighton. It was like a Div 2 under-19s VAPA game, like horrible standard. <laughs> and there was uh, two AFL clubs there watching me. So quite, quite weird. That's, yeah, that's something um, the under-19s VAPAs wouldn't have, have seen too much, a couple of recruiters down there. I won a Div 2 premiership, yeah, mate. So it was a pretty good standard of footy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going with what you were saying. <laughs> no, Shory actually said just like show them your assets so don't pass it. So I think I took like 25 bounces that, that game and I think all the under-19s think I thought I was real selfish. But um, yeah, from that I guess I just um, had a few meetings, a few fitness tests with different clubs and it was in such a small period of time that I didn't really want to tell any of my mates or anything just because I still thought it was a sort of pipe dream. So... Yeah, yeah, on draft night, um, they were all at uh, a friend's house because two of our schoolmates, Josh Kelly and Christian Salem, were obviously going to be top 10 draft picks, so they were all there. And I get a call from one of my mates just saying, like, where the fuck are you? Like, get around the boys. And I'm just like, oh, just, just a bit sick here. Just, um, but just, just something, something for the boys. Just keep on watching late in the draft. Something might happen here. So he's like, oh, all right. And so he ended up just... Um, keeping the TV on and they filmed me getting picked up and uh, literally my best mates had zero idea that I was even, yeah. That's incredible. Amazing. Well, neither, yeah. neither did uh, the people who were obviously doing the broadcast because when someone gets drafted, they have their kind of their bio. Yours was literally, I remember this, it was your name. You didn't even have a profile picture or anything. So it was like yeah. genuine smoky and even your best mates didn't know that you were getting picked up. Um, Another one is what were the teams that were um, obviously Melbourne was one of them, but what were the other teams that were kind of giving you a bit of love in terms of wanting to pick you up? Uh, there's a couple of teams like Essendon and stuff, but when, the last like couple of weeks it was really Collingwood and Melbourne. Um, I met with both of them multiple times, and um, yeah, so I was actually thought thinking I, I was a chance at Collingwood later, like a pick sixty five or seventy, like their last pick, um, but Melbourne was sort of more laying low that like they were just saying oh, I'm possibly in the rookie draft or whatever so I was watching just hope, hopeful for Collingwood but yeah a few picks earlier Melbourne called my name out so there's a bit of mind games between the between the two clubs mate that's awesome and so talk us through your first year at the club um coming to Melbourne and obviously coming from a, a pathway where you haven't really had a maybe a massive preseason or anything like that and you just chucked in the deep end yeah well yeah before First day of preseason was the first time I actually like did a, did a run or lifted weights before. So I was yeah super raw. Like I, I was, think I was the same height now, just shy of six two, uh, and I weighed sixty nine kilos. So literally just skin and bones. Um, yeah. yeah, day one of preseason was the first time I stepped foot in the gym or anything like that. So yeah, it was always going to be sort of a long term prospect. So yeah, I was super super raw. And um, did you find it easier that Salem was drafted at the, to the D's as well, sort of fitting in and everything? Yeah, definitely. It was definitely easy having him there. And I also knew Jack Watts, who was a bit of a family friend. So, yeah, seeing a couple of friendly faces was definitely, definitely helpful. 
Nice, man. And also with your debut, it took a couple of years before you got to round four in 2016 against the Pies. Um, was that everything you kind of expected it would be? Yeah, no, it was yeah, my third year and um, grew up uh, supporting Collingwood. I was a pretty good, pretty big fan. So, yeah, when I got the chance to debut, it was yeah, really surreal. And you know, it's like a big crowd, like 80,000 plus. So, yeah, it was, it was super, super exciting. But I actually butchered my first disposal. So, um, I remember one of the coaches as I was running on just said, oh, like, find an easy target first possession. But I decided to take on a few Collingwood players, got absolutely decked. I actually ripped my jumper in half. So for the first quarter of my AFL life, I wore this smock sort of thing the whole quarter. So <laughs> I get, 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 get thrown smock boys by a few of my mates sometimes. Well, mate, welcome to the big leagues. So, mate, you obviously, uh, you love your headbands. And every week we do a question from our favourite AFL page, AFL, Everything AFL HQ. And this week our question is from Aaron Knight. And he wants to know how many headbands do you actually own? Um, I think it's only like two or three, maybe just rotate them and stuff. Um, yeah. definitely don't wash them. Um, so they're a bit, <laughs> bit feral, but, um, yeah, I just, yeah, just go two or three and then, um, if I need some more, I can just order them, I guess. Yeah. Lovely. And what but, is this? Um, I do, I do have a few more, like I sometimes like for the Anzac Eve game, put it like a camo one and raise some money and stuff like that. And, well, also for the pink pink lady game, wear, wear a pink one as well. So it's a good chance to sort of just raise some money for charity as well. I lost you th- for a second there. Just there. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say the story of the headband is actually quite an, in, an entertaining one because you've had to jump through a few hoops to uh, get the AFL to let you wear it. Do you mind telling us the story of that? Yeah, it was probably built up a bit more. Um, I sort of just uh, started wearing this like red and blue one at training and uh, I think a reporter just asked me like, why don't you wear it in a game? And at the current rules were you only allowed like a black thin one. So I just said, oh, it's AFL in the rules and I'm not allowed to wear it. And then the next day in the paper, it's like Hunt's like fighting the AFL to, to allow him to wear this headband, which is yeah, an absolute stitch up. But um yeah, it turns out a couple of weeks later, they changed the rules and let me wear it. So it seems like I fought the AFL and won, but I didn't really, really care. So another big moment in your career is the torpedo that you kicked against Adelaide Crows. Now, the commentators did not expect you to kick at all, but you have launched that about 80 metres. How did it feel? Yeah, that one felt good. Um, yeah, absolutely flushed it. It probably helped, like in year 12 at uh, Brighton, I used to just launch torps like, the whole training. So I was pretty lazy back then. So got some good practice in. But yeah, that one came out pure. So I was very happy with it. Mate, massive moment. And also two weeks ago, uh, Melbourne and Essendon, or a week ago, I guess, have been, has been cancelled due to COVID-19. Can you let us in about how that sort of came about, how you found out, and then what they're going to do moving forward to get that, those four points on the board, I guess? Yeah, so we sort of did our training, the captain's run that morning um, on the Saturday before the Sunday game and just went home, was just treating it like we were playing in less than 24 hours and we just get a few messages coming through that there's a chance that someone the AFL's got it. Then it sort of went to, oh, it's an Essendon player, then McKenna came out with having it. And yeah, we only really found out like 20 minutes before Gil did his announcement um, that the game was being postponed and... Yeah, it was all, all a bit of a shambles. We didn't, we didn't know if we'd be playing midweek or 
what was going on. So yeah, it was very, very weird. Right. And is there a plan moving forward about, are you guys going to do a midweek game now to, to cover for that? Yeah, I think that would be the go. We haven't heard anything official, but it'll be later in the season. Um, I'd imagine it'd be sort of like the, sort of play like a Thursday night game, then play a midweek or on a Tuesday, then like a Sunday game sort of thing. So you get like three games in nine or 10 days, right, um, which right. actually it, it will be fine this season because um, the, the games are obviously a lot shorter. So yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. And obviously with the last few months with COVID, you've probably had a little bit more time on your hands than you perhaps normally would. Is there anything that you're sort of working on outside of football? Any, you know, hobbies or interests or passions that you have that when, maybe when football's over one day you might pursue? Yeah, I've been doing a university degree part-time for a few years now. So I picked up a few more subjects than I normally do with the, uh, with the extra time. So yeah, just doing a commerce degree. So I um, was able to knock off a lot more than usual and actually um, keep up with it because normally I'm sort of scrambling behind and just getting through. But yeah, I thought it was a good chance for that. Yeah, story of my life with university. <laughs> um, and who are your best mates around the club? Who are the, who are the guys you knock about with? Um, I'm sort of a bit of chameleon. I sort of just get around um, probably hobby-based. So uh, there's a few golfers at the club I get around with, like Os McDonald, um, Get out, get out with Gawney and stuff like that. Um, and then also surf on days off. So James Harms, the two Wagner brothers and Alex Neil Bullen, try to see them uh, out in the surf as well. So, yeah, get on with most of the guys pretty well, but sort of, uh, yeah, catch up with the guys that share sort of the same hobbies outside. Yeah, Oscar McDonald's a uh, St. Paddy's boy. So uh, if we get him on the show, you might have to give me a few stitch-ups. Be a good another angle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hit me up. And is there any other funny stories that you can think of off the cuff about other players at the club that you can enlighten us with? Whoa. What have I got? Yeah, we're throwing you in the deep um, end this one. <laughs> oh, there's a few footy trip stories about like kissing toads and things like that. But um... <laughs> Can we get a name on one toad kisser? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? I think it was James Harms. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have to try and get him on and speak to him about what's going on there as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's a shenanigans do happen, but don't know what's too appropriate to t- to let out there. But yeah. Well, mate, on, on that note, I reckon we cut our losses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we prepped you with that, but we like to just let it be uh, authentic. So. Oh, I absolutely ruined you there. I should have produced more. Sorry about that. No, you're right. You're right, mate. mate. Bit of of prior warning would have been great. But that's about all we've got for you, mate. We just want to say thank you so much for giving us a chop out and coming on the show. It's been awesome. No, no worries, boys. Love what you're doing. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Jaden. So that was our interview with Melbourne superstar Jaden Hunt. Uh, what a good interview it was. And we just want to say once again, a massive thank you for Jaden for giving us a chop out. What do you reckon, Podgy? Man, I think it's just awesome. It goes to show a bloke who missed out on being in the talent pathways. Um, he's done his 18-year-old year at school and now he's flourishing in a, an amazing football career. He's had 70 games for the Ds. So well done to him. And thank you so much again for coming on, mate. We really appreciate it. So all of those late bloomers out there, there is hope for you too. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, guys, I have been the moose. I've been the ponch. And next time you check in, bring a mate.
Thank you for tuning in to the Hello Game Day podcast. If you're listening right now, that means you've made it to the end of the episode and maybe even enjoyed what you've heard. If so, you can join us on all major social media platforms as well as audio podcasting platforms and YouTube. Or just head on over to our website at www.hellogameday.co and hit subscribe to join our mailing list where you can receive weekly updates on the podcast. We'd like to give a massive thank you to our producer, Ethan Curtin. Find him on Instagram at Room10Company, as well as Equal Tech, who have given us an office space to work in. And our beautiful graphic design is done by Chev at Graphic Design. He's been the punch. He's been the moose. And next time you drop in, bring a mate.